Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey, welcome back. It's Lisa, and today we are going to talk about reading programs. Um, I was prompted to do a, a blog post the other day after the 50th time I had answered the question, how do I get Wilson in my IEP? Um, I feel like I've answered that question a zillion, zillion times, and so I thought, okay, let's um, let's do this. So, reading programs. First of all, it's estimated that up to twenty percent of kids have dyslexia or a learning disability of some kind. There is more. There's a lot more information coming out. Um, I've been inspired by a group locally called TE Reads. Um, I've chatted with these women and they just kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're really outspoken. I know it takes a lot to stick your neck out. Um, but TE is, it's short for Tradiferin East Town, which is a school district near me here in Pennsylvania. It is consistently rated, um, like in the top five school districts in the state by the traditional measures that, you know, people do those rankings, right? Um, property taxes are crazy, um, because everybody wants to live there and all that. Um, but these women stuck their necks out and said, yeah, you know what? We're like supposedly the best school district in the state and we're not even teaching kids how to read. Um, and so they just kind of started this, this movement to get everybody to learn how to read because kids are being left behind in great numbers. Um, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me how many kids were just pushing through and, and they can't read. Um, it's, it's tragic. So if nothing else, what I want parents to take away from this is that if you have a child who is a struggling reader and it's not, the situation isn't improving, you've been having IEP meetings or 504s or whatever, they have your kid in RTI and all this other fun stuff. Um, and it's not improving. Like you have to stay on top of this as a parent. Do not expect the school to do this for you. They're not going to do it. They're just going to keep passing your child through. They're going to give them the supports that they need to get through the standardized tests. And, and they're just going to push your kid through. And if your kid graduates high school reading at a fourth or fifth grade level, so be it. Um, 
because that's what's happening because they're just being pushed through and they can't read and they can't you know or they can decode but they can't do anything else and it's it's just crazy parents have to engage in this in this if, if it's a reading struggle because it's very intense work if your child has a reading disability it um and the schools are stretched and the teachers don't have the resources to do this you're going to have to demand it um because what I'm seeing, first of all, a lot of common problems that I've seen over the past 10 years with IEPs are this. First of all is that the evaluations, they're either inappropriate or insufficient, and it's very difficult to determine a child's baseline. The assessments change every year, so you learn like a set of scores for one year, and then the child moves up a grade, and it's a totally different set of scores, and you have no idea if they, how they did from one year to the next. Teachers and schools say that they're doing differentiated instruction, but it still is kind of a one-size-fits-all approach, and that's not what all of our kids need. Um, I have also seen many kids who are likely struggling with a reading disorder of some of some kind and you know the family the parents are non-english speaking so they attribute it to that or they attribute it to well he has ADHD um just attributing the reading struggles to something else which may not be the case so the first step as always is to look at your child's present levels and see what it says as far as reading and is it accurate is it thorough you know same old same old whenever you're evaluating what to do with your IEP um, you want to check out those present levels if there's no reading disability identified and you think that there is one then you have to ask for some evaluations and again just like anything else in the IEP process as you go through this do everything in writing do thorough parent concerns as far as what you're seeing from your child at home and, you know, doing homework. And ask for if they refuse things, ask for it on a PWN and, you know, you just might have some tough decisions to make. Um, if you want to ask for, an, uh, you know, if they they won't do a reading eval or you don't have confidence in their reading eval and you want an IEE and so on. Um. And from there, you know, just wait for the results and see see what it says. Once a reading disability has been identified, and by the way, um, OSEP put out a guidance letter a couple of years ago. Um, I really need to bookmark it. I wish I had it bookmarked, but I don't. Um, but they put out a, a guidance letter a few years ago, and schools are allowed to say the word dyslexia. So... I don't know who started that crazy rumor that they're not allowed to say it or use it because they are. And OSEP even came out and said, yes, you are. But whatever. Call it what you want as long as the needs are being met, I guess. But um, once those reading needs have been identified, they have to put supports and services in place to for the child to make meaningful progress. This is where parents really need to engage and you really need to stay on top of it. Um, 
get your progress monitoring and how that's going to be done. Get that thoroughly defined in the IEP and stay on top of it. You know, write down the dates that you're expecting information on and your planner or whatever you need to do. You also want to um, ask them what they're going to use to teach your child to read. Um, and one another area that we find is that schools will not often will not name a program that they're using and I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff like well we can't name it like yes you can um I don't know why they it's just gaslighting you can say what you're doing if you're going to provide a reading program I don't know why you wouldn't name it but they won't um that might be something that you want to push for but you want to ask them what it is because they are required to provide you with things that are evidence-based they can't just make up some kind of reading curriculum that they want to try. But then you need to go home and get on your computer and really look it up, read the protocols, read about the curriculum, read about um, which population of readers it's for, and so on. Um, Because some are great for dyslexia and some are not. Some are sensory-based. Some are have well-defined grades and ages. Um, There's one popular reading program that says for grades four and up. Well, if your child's only reading, your child might be in third grade or fourth grade, but only reading at a first grade level. So why would you give them a reading program that's at starts at grade four they're not at grade four yet um age-wise they might be but you know that's how we like to group kids together is by their by their birth date when set of ability um when they need to be at a certain ability for some of these programs um so anyway you want to you want to research the program as much as you can and determine if it's um appropriate for what your child needs and also you know you're going to have to stay on top of your child and ask them you know did you have reading today and you know you want to say you just want to you need to monitor how often they're being pulled out for this and so on Um, however the program is being implemented or delivered to your child you want to stay on top of to make sure that's actually happening um And again, you can ask for these things in your IEP. They can put it in the IEP regardless of what they tell you. Um, And how far you want to take it is up to you. So there's just been a lot written about reading ability in kids lately. And I think I saw on one of the Facebook pages that you know, if you compare a kindergarten and a third grader, oh, oh, I forget it. It was about how much longer it takes if you don't, if you don't adequately address the needs in kindergarten, you know, and widening the gap and all that. I mean, I don't need to tell you parents that, you know, this, um, I'm preaching to the choir, but, um, again, this is one where I know I lecture parents all the time about staying engaged in the IEP process the whole year round, but when it comes to these reading programs and reading instruction and your child's reading ability, if that's something they struggle in, you really, really have to stay on top of it. Um, 
because here, I mean, look, we're here, it's May and, um, you know, another school year has gone by and how much progress has your child made? Um, you know, if they haven't made, you know, if everybody, if their typical peers made a year's worth of progress and your child was two years behind to begin with, and then they only made six months of progress, they actually, you know, the gap widened. Um, and that's what you need to, that's the kind of thinking you have to use as a parent because the school will say, oh, well, they, look, she made progress. She was reading at a whatever level in September and now she's reading at this level. She made progress. And it's like, well, yeah, she only made six months worth of progress. Her peers made a year's worth of progress. So the gap actually just got wider, you know? So, um, there's always the path of least resistance. I have, um, I have a cousin and in their family, dyslexia runs rampant, um, and real, real serious dyslexia too. But, um, we were together a few summers ago and they had to cut their vacation short. They said, well, we have to cut the vacation short because she has a five week camp. She was doing Linda Mood Bell at some program and it was like five hours a day, five days a week for five weeks. And my cousin's wife was upset about this taking up, you know, a big chunk of their summer and everything else. And I was just like, you know what? I would just be glad that you have the money and the time and the resources to do this because not every family does. And if it's going to get your daughter to where she needs to be, um, you know, congrats. And if she's going to go into September a lot more confident and fewer tears and all that other stuff, um, you know, if you can look it up, I know there are private Wilson instructors. There's all kinds of stuff available if you're willing to pay. And again, you shouldn't have to, I get that. But at the same time, if you have the resources to do that, um, it's the path of least resistance and, you know, just make it happen and, um, and do that. It just, in the long run, it might be worth it. So anyway, reading programs, start with needs, identify needs, get the program that's appropriate and proceed from there. Um, If you think you need an advocate or an attorney, you know, look one up because this is an area where it's, uh, I just see so much headache and heartache um, from kids because they want to read um, and it just, it just really, really does a number on their self-esteem when their peers around them are reading and, and they cannot. So um, I, one of the admins in our group, um, I think think I don't you know what I don't want to name the program because I'm not sure I have the correct one but um she pulled her child out to homeschool her and learned the reading program herself and used it with her daughter and bought all the materials and just did it herself um kind of an extreme case but it worked and her daughter's much happier and she can read and um you know we only we all only have so much fight in us when it comes to IEPs. So, anyway, if you want to look it up on the blog, it's popular reading programs and have a great rest of your day. 
Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.